Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Amen. Amen, man. Don't you love a good report? Come on, somebody. Come on, give Jesus praise today. Come on, put your hands together wherever you are and give God praise today. Thank you, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, for that great report. Thank you for the opportunity to share the word today. We're going to continue with a four-part series that Pastor Jamie and I have been doing, When Christians Get It Right. When Christians Get It Right. Now, it doesn't mean we've been doing it wrong, guys. It means we can be doing it better. What we're going to talk about today is uh, Christ's authority. And I can't help but believe with everything that's going on in our nation, understanding the authority of God is a really, really big deal to us. And also understanding the power of Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday, come on somebody and say, yeah, I appreciate the power of Holy Spirit in my life. So we're going to talk about when Christians get it right, we're going to talk about Christ's authority. Now, understand something. I told you last week that we have the ability to go forth in the culture that we're living in as ambassadors of God's kingdom. That means that we are going forth in a royal position. Being an ambassador in God's kingdom is a royal position. Also, understand this. As I go forward as an ambassador, I go forward under his authority. An ambassador is never sent out without being sent by the authority of those who are sending him. So I understand that I'm going as an ambassador, a royal position, but I also understand I'm going under the authority of God Almighty. Now, when I look at that, I understand kind of a little bit more about what Paul was trying to get across to the Thessalonians. As I told you, this series is based on 1 Thessalonians, and man, Thessalonica was a crazy place, baby. It was wild. It was, uh, it was a place literally where they said, we don't need your Jesus. We got our money. We got our wealth. We got our popularity. We got our fame. We don't need your Jesus. How'd you like that assignment? As a matter of fact, we probably run into that assignment sometimes, right? So that's what they said. We don't need your Jesus. Also, it was a very occultic region. And uh, there was also a high, high level of sexual immorality, probably even greater to the day that we're living in. So that was the assignment of the Thessalonians as Paul was sending them out under the authority of Jesus. Now, as he sent them out, or as God sent them out, here's what Paul was trying to tell them to do to get it right. Let's read together. Here we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, in order to get it right. There we go. In order to please God, as in fact, you are living. That's how you're living. Keep doing it. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this and more, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I can do that and more because of God's authority in my life. I can do that and more because of the power of Holy Spirit in my life. And so Paul was saying, look, I see how you're living. I see you're doing a pretty good job. You're pleasing God and you're living the right way. Let's kind of step it up a notch. Let's step it up a level and keep doing what you're doing and do a little more. Luke chapter 10, there's a verse that if I quoted it in a regular translation, here's how it kind of would sound. It would say this, Jesus speaking, saying these words, 
My power and my authority I give to you. I give you my power. I delegate my authority to you. The word delegate there is a beautiful Greek word that I don't have the time to get into, but it literally is the power of attorney that Jesus uses to give his power to us. Now, if I read that same verse in the Message Bible, it reads a little different, but it reads really cool. Watch this. Here we go. Luke chapter 10, verse 20 says this. All the same, the great triumph is not your authority over evil, not your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you. Man, I love that, guys, because I love it when I have the, about, the ability, rather, and the power to storm the gates of hell. Love that power and authority. It's even greater when I stop and realize not what I'm doing, but what God's doing in me. And I understand the power of God's authority in me. Not what you do for God, but what he does for you. That's the agenda of rejoicing. I really start rejoicing when I realize that I have submitted to God's authority. I've submitted to his power and he's doing a work in me that the gates of hell cannot stop. And when I understand that, now I'm rejoicing because yes, I'm doing the work of the kingdom Yay, but God's doing even a greater work in me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I understand the power of God's authority at work in me. Now, I'm going to use kind of a different setting of scripture for this word today. And, and you'll see that as we get into it. I'm going to use the story of Joseph taking Mary to Bethlehem to have Jesus. Kind of a Christmas uh, scripture, I understand that, but there's a really cool slant when I don't look at it from Mary's perspective, I look at it from Joseph's perspective. And I look at it from the perspective of Joseph, if this is going to happen, he's going to have to submit to the authority of God. So again, kind of a different little setting here. You may not expect in the middle of, or at the end of May, early June, to be talking about Jesus being born. I get that. So a little bit of a different setting, but hang with me and watch what happens. Here we go. Uh, Matthew chapter one. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant, problem number one, through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, problem number two, he had in mind to divorce her quietly, problem number three. But after he had considered this, come on somebody and look at that line, after he stopped for a minute, here's what he's saying in Pastor Ron's vernacular, I need to get this right. I need to do this right. And after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Come on and give the Lord a shout right now, because what is conceived in you is from the Holy Spirit. And there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be problems. There's going to be a time I got to get under the authority of Jesus. But what is in you is of God. Come on, somebody. It is of the power of the Father, and it's conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do and took Mary home and his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until, until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now again, I stopped for just a second and I showed you obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, but Joseph found himself in a position where he's sitting there, come on, stop for just a second. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. You're laying there in your bed, you're having a good night's sleep, you're just really relaxing really well, you had your, your melatonin is kicking in somebody, and everything's feeling pretty good, and all of a sudden you have this dream, and you've got this dream that you're going to take this lady who's going to have a baby that's a virgin to a territory that they really don't like Jewish people, and Herod's got his antennas up, knows you might be coming, and you wake up and all of a sudden you say, whoa, I just had not a dream, I had a nightmare. I'm wondering how in the world this is going to happen. Remember that one phrase that I showed you to kind of stop and think about. After he considered this. You know, there's times, guys, where I get this news and I want to react to it. How about you? Come on now. I want to react to it, but I slow down. Remember what I told you last week? One of the principles of an established heart is this. Just calm down. Calm down. Be quiet. Be still and know that I am God. And I want to react to it. And what Joseph needed to do was just kind of relax a little bit, get his bearings together and realize this is going to work by the authority of God. So what Joseph had to do was this. Ask himself this question. How am I going to position myself to walk under the authority of God? Same question I want to ask you and me this morning. How do we position for God's authority? Number one, value God's purposes over really good plans. Value God's purposes. You know what? As I think about you guys, and even as I look around the room today, because these wonderful folks that are here, and I get to kind of have some folks in the room today, I know that there's some really, really, really smart people in here. And you have the ability, just like me probably, to be able to get this word, get a revelation, and here's the question you ask yourself. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Well, let's put a plan in place. Let's figure out how this is going to work. And you know what? You are smart enough to be able to do that. You're sharp enough to be able to do that. But what I've got to do is I've got to slow down just a little bit and ask myself this question, just like Joseph sitting on the side of that bed, do I want my plan or do I want to fulfill God's purpose? What do I want to value? I've got to value God's purposes over God's plans. What I understand is this. Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Here's what it came to. He's saying this, I've got to do this right. I've got to do this right. I've got to be obedient to God. This is pre-Jesus. So I've got to do this right. I've got to be faithful to the law. I've got to be a testimony to the people of my nation. I've got to do it right. So what I've got to do is I've got to value not my plans, which I probably could work this out. You probably could work this out. I've got to value God's plans and not my, or God's purposes and not my plans. Look at what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Everybody in this place has the ability to come up with a great plan. Do I want my plan or do I want God's plans? Because his plans are a whole lot higher than my plans. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. Here's what it comes down to. When I allow myself to value God's purposes over my plans, this is the prophetical statement that I get to walk in, that I understand I do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. Come on, somebody, give God praise right where you are right now. I can do exceedingly abundantly more. And you know what? There's going to be times, come on now, I'm going to sit on the side of the bed just like Joseph, and I'm going to say, wow. <laughs> I'm going to say, whoa, and then I'm going to slow down. I'm going to quiet myself before the Lord. I'm going to calm myself before the Lord. And I'm going to realize this assignment, this assignment, this duty, this role as an ambassador is really, really, really heavy. And your assignment could be big time. I know a, a couple of times I've used Pastor Hector's illustration of Ananias having to go to killer of Christians, Mr. Saul of Tarsus. How would you like that assignment? Come on, somebody. And I know your assignment can be tough. And so I can sit on the side of the bed and say, wow, how am I going to do this? I understand this right here. The great Billy Graham said this, the will of God is never going to take you where the grace of God can't sustain you. That's a good deal right there. Yeah, my assignment can be really, really, really big. But the will of God is never going to take me to a place where the grace of God can't see me through. So my first step, in positioning myself under God's authority is to value his purposes over my plans. Number two, position for God's authority is this. Destiny can be wrapped up in disappointment. I can find myself knowing that I am fulfilling my destiny, knowing that I'm fulfilling my purpose, and all of a sudden I hit a roadblock. I hit a stumbling block, and I got to sit there and say, man, what happened? I just know I was doing the right thing, and now all of a sudden I'm over here in the spiritual ditch that I didn't want to end up in. Well, why is that? Because destiny can be wrapped up by disappointment. Here's what it says. After he had considered this. Well, what's he considering? Go back sometime and read Matthew chapter 1, preceding verses. Here's what Joseph is considering. I may have to divorce her. I may have to get her to a city that uh, really is not a real popular city with people that follow God and the law right now. I may have to take a virgin to a place and have her have a child. What if the word gets out? And so here he is considering this. And he's got to be thinking, guys, what if I fail? I've had an angel of the Lord appear to me, but what if I fail? But he considers it and realizes if I submit to God's authority, it's going to work out just fine. Come on, somebody. It's going to be all right. And here's what I want to tell you, man. As you are positioning yourself for God's authority and you're finding yourself in that roadblock, you're finding yourself in that stumbling block, you're finding yourself in that spiritual ditch, let me encourage you with this. 
Consider this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Consider this, I can do all things through Christ who continues to put power in me. Consider this, he's not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Consider this, for neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things past, or things to come shall separate me from my destiny. Give God praise right now. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a roadblock. Come on. I'm going to hit a stumbling block, but I'm going to stop and consider God's power in me, and you're going to stop and consider God's power in you. Elizabeth Elliot, the wife of the great uh, Steve Elliot, when, who was a missionary, by the way. I don't know if you know the story. If you don't, you really should Google it, read it. I don't know, whatever you like to do. Phenomenal legacy that Elizabeth Elliot left after her husband Steve Elliott was killed by Amazon uh, tribes in the Amazon as he was a missionary trying to reach an unreached people. He was killed on the mission field. And she went on to establish a phenomenal, phenomenal legacy and really, really made great the name of, of Steve Elliott and, more importantly, the name of God. Here's what she said. Don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. Don't dig up in doubt. Don't dig up that destiny that you have. Don't dig up that, that assignment that you have. It's been planted in faith. Don't dig it up in doubt. Number three, here we go. Position for God's authority. Place obedience before outcome. Now, let, let's be real for just a second. That's kind of tough for us, isn't it? Why is that tough for us? I'll tell you why. Listen to Pastor Ron. We are result-oriented people. I want to get to the result. I want to fast forward through that stupid movie, especially if it's a Hallmark. I want to turn that puppy off. <laughs> I want to flip forward in the book. I want to get to the last chapter and see how this thing ends. Why? We are result-oriented people. I wonder if the Gators are going to win this game. They haven't even played yet, baby. I bet Tiger, I bet he wins the Masters this year. Not even on the calendar yet. Why are we thinking about that? We are result-oriented people. But what I've got to do is I've got to, I gotta trust that God's going to bring me to a great result. What I need to focus on is obedience. That's a step by step, that's a process by process, and if I submit to God's authority in the obedience of the process, the outcome will take care of itself. Here's what Joseph said, when Joseph woke up, or what God says about Joseph, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Now again, I've said it three or four times. He's sitting on the side of the bed, scratching his head, but he stands up, considers everything, and then he got up and he did what he was supposed to do. Why? Submitted to the authority of God. You know, there are two phases of obedience. I love this right here. There are two phases of obedience. There's action and restraint. I gotta be obedient, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. And then there's, I better not do that, I better not do that, I better not do that. There's this yo-yo effect of obedience. I wanna spring out and do, and then sometimes I've gotta hold back. So what do I do? What do I do to bring balance to that? Here's what you do, do the next right thing. Come on somebody. Do the next right thing, whatever it is. Well, what is it, Pastor Ron? I don't have any idea, and you might not either. That's okay. That's where the process of obedience comes in. You do 
the next right thing. Let me give you an example. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, <laughs> even though he did not know where he was going. That's the beauty of obedience. What's next? I don't know. When it gets there, do it. Come on, somebody. When it shows up, do it. And find yourself in the beauty of obedience. I love this right here. When you joyfully do the little things, God will do the big things like they're really little. Oh, you got to give praise. You got to give God praise for that. When I joyfully do the little things, God will take the huge things and make them seem really, really small. And you sit there amazed at the wonder of our God. Come on, somebody, say yeah. I just got to joyfully do the thing that's next and do it right. And God's going to make it seem so simple because that's the magnificence of our God. Number four, and I'm done. Here we go. Positioned for God's authority. God's authority unlocks a supernatural adventure. See, when I walk in my authority, I never get out of the natural. And that's usually okay. But if I submit myself to God's authority, listen to me now, I go from the natural to the supernatural. I go from what seems normal to the what is no way it's normal. That's got to be God. It unlocks a supernatural adventure. Watch this. After having been warned in a dream, warned in a dream, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, what is that saying? Here's what it's saying. Not only do I have to go to Bethlehem and have Mary there so she can have baby Jesus, I gotta get her home too. And if I go by the regular route, I'm going right through this area where Herod and his henchmen are, and I don't know if I'm gonna make it out alive, I don't need that route. So what route am I going to go? An angel of the Lord showed up the second time and showed them a different route to get them home safe. Let me tell you something, guys. When you find yourself submitting to God's authority, He will take you through a route that you never thought of to do whatever it is you need to accomplish. He'll take you to a place that you never dreamed of so that you can accomplish everything He desires for you to accomplish. A supernatural adventure. I mean, come on. How many of you want a supernatural adventure? Come on. You don't want that normal everyday thing. It's okay. It's all right. Nothing wrong with it. Man, I want something bigger and better because it's God's bigger and better. A supernatural adventure. Now, here's what it says. Watch this and I'm done. I promise. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to here. As I told you a second ago, that's the second dream. That's the second dream. Let me ask you a question. How do you get a second dream? You obey the first one. You obey the first one. How do I get a second revelation? I'm obedient to the first revelation. How do I get that second step? I'm obedient to that first step. How do I get down that path of the supernatural adventure? I start by faith and I watch what God unfolds as I walk down that path. Man, I tell you what, guys. I, I can't help but believe, and I'm going to quote my buddy 
Mr. Ludlow one more time. The church has not been quarantined. The church has been deployed. And what that allows us to do is under God's authority, be Jesus on the face of the earth, do it right so that we see people's lives changed, not just for a season, but for all of eternity, all of eternity. Right where you are, give Jesus praise and thank him for it. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for the power of God's authority in our lives. I thank you for the blessing of your authority. And Father, if there's anybody that's listening today, wherever they are, that they need to submit their life to God's authority. Come under the authority of Jesus by giving their life to Christ. I just pray over them right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to their heart, you're touching their lives, you're compassionately ministering to their spirit, and they're responding to your still small voice. And if that's you, I want to pray with you. We're going to pray out loud right now. And if that's you, I just want you to pray after Pastor Ron. If you're finding yourself saying, I need to respond and react and give in to the authority of God and bring my life under Jesus' authority by giving my life to him, pray this right now. Father, I come to you and I ask you in Jesus' name to come into my life, to change my life, take everything that I've been doing in my power and my authority and help me to bring it under your authority. Father, I accept you through Jesus to be my God, to govern my life and lead my path. And I'll obey you to the best of my ability and I'll follow Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life today in jesus name amen and amen come on somebody thank you for listening to our podcast for more information about our church visit therockonline.org